Hey everybody, and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, my name is Aid, and I will be one of sadly only two hosts uh, with us this week uh, because our, our good lady friends. Uh, oh, that sounds terrible. Sorry, <laughs> our, co- our <laughs> keep digging. Our, our, co- our colleagues of the of the opposite persuasion. <laughs> no, okay, I gotta go. <laughs> All right, is it just I just say Rachel and Claire couldn't make it today? Mm-hmm. They, they have both got bad things to do. Yeah. They've both got, but especially listen to me be a dinosaur of lack of diversity. Sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> it it uh, comes to something when the diversity you're struggling with is male and female. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not really struggling with it. I'm just struggling with my brain not being connected to my tongue this evening. Maybe you should do most of the interview this evening because, uh, well, first of all, how are you, buddy? I'm very well, thank you, Aid. Very well. Yeah. Um, uh, I, yeah. Excited about the event, uh, upcoming event, which will we spoke about last week. That hopefully by Saturday when we get there, Hamish will have the faintest clue what's going on because he really didn't seem to last week when we spoke to him. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. Deep down somewhere, he cares. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he cares. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to losing up to a hundred people in the back streets of Worcester and never seeing yeah, them again. That'd be fun. I'm looking forward to losing all those people too. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, enough about us uh, because you have organised for us a super special guest, have you not? Oh, I certainly have. Now, this fine gentleman sent me a copy of his book. I don't know if it's his first book. We'll find out as we get into this, but it's the first book that I know that he's done. Um, he is a name that is going to be very familiar to a lot of people, especially our Twitter users. Um it is the person known to all those Twitter folks as Stig of the Dump, the fantastic Stig of the Dump. But as we said before the show started, I don't know why that is, because his real name is so much cooler. It is Steve Starr. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, Steve Starr. Um, Steve, it is an absolute delight to have you here with your cape flying behind you and your, your mask looking glorious. Fantastic stuff. <laughs> Oh my, what an introduction. Hi, Graham. Hi, Aid. <laughs> Hello, mate. It's good to uh, see you. It's been way very too hard long. to imagine myself as some sort of superhero. <laughs> For the I'm listeners. just glad we can only see you from like the you know, torso upwards. Yeah, because yeah, otherwise it'd be Fat Man or something. <laughs> Don't believe it, listeners. For the listeners who can't see and have never had the pleasure of meeting Steve, he is basically like, I'd say, six foot four, rippling muscles. He's like sort of a Nordic god. It's it's amazing. That's what we're looking at. And don't believe him if he says otherwise. <laughs> so you reached out to me uh, a few weeks back now and said, I've got this book and I uh, would you know, love to send it to you to have a look. And you did. And as soon as I saw it, I thought, this is going to be a really interesting thing to talk about because lots of people make photo books and zines um, in all different styles and in all different ways for all different reasons. Um, and that's great. It's great that people are getting their work out there. But your approach, both in terms of what you've produced and the motivation behind it, is something that's new to me. It's pretty unique. Um, and I thought it'd be great to talk about that because your subject matter is really interesting and where it ended up taking you both literally and um, in your writing, I think is fantastic. So the book is called A Fortunate Man's Place. I'm going to let you tell us what the premise behind it is. Okay. Um, A Fortunate Man's Place is basically, as it says on the cover, a story about a story. Because um, back in the 60s, um, two guys, uh, John Berger and uh, Jean Moore, made a book called A Fortunate Man, which was basically a uh, description of um, the life of a GP in rural Gloucestershire. And the, it was made, though, in a very um, unique way because they had the writing of John Berger, and they had the photographs of John Moore. And it wasn't as if just the photographs were there to be subtitles for John Berger's writing. They were really complementary, such that you read the text, you looked at the photographs, and the two coming together 
helped really to tell the story of the doctor's life um and in a way that the words on their own or the photographs on their own couldn't have done and that it was really considered to be groundbreaking at the time and that book went on to become kind of a, a, a definitive text for anybody thinking going into general practice um now i came to read that book because um i went on a course basically i went on the course because um like a lot of people maybe i buy books and i put them on the shelf thinking i'm going to read that one day <laughs> and um you don't get round to it for quite some time and i bought a book by john berger called understanding a photograph i think that book is quite well known amongst the community and quite a few people will have read it um but i and it just been on my shelf on my shelf thinking i'm going to read that and eventually after having it for a couple of years back in january i read it and just as i read it i got a, a message from a friend saying um i'm going on a course on about john berger i said what <laughs> what are you i'm going to join you and um going on that course i came to then read the book a fortunate man and for me reading that book was quite an eye-opener because basically i don't think i'm a great photographer and i don't i want to be able to tell have something to say tell stories with my photographs that's what i want to do with with my photography and i came to the conclusion quite a while ago that i can't do that with my photography i'm not good enough and i needed words to go along with them and that's when i started doing um i've got a blog um on wordpress and that's when i started doing that so when i came and read a fortunate man it was really quite an eye-opener for me to to see a book doing exactly what i aspired to do and so it was really um inspiring in that way um so after the the course had finished i thought you know what i'm going to go and have a look at this place that i've just read about uh the forest of dean i've never been to the forest of dean i'm going to go there and have a look see what it's like but I thought, well, here's also an opportunity to tell a story, a story about a story, about a place. And I um, thought, well, what better way to do it than with cameras that would have been used or similar cameras that might have been used in the original book. Um, cameras a bit like your nice... Uh, f2 you've just acquired mm -hmm. um so i took my an ftn nikon f nikon my ftn and my minolta also called all period cameras and a few rolls of um tri-x packed them in the car went down stayed down that way and shot about five rolls of film um wandering about the area um really looking for the things that would have something to do with the story of the book i, I set off with a uh, a list of photographs i wanted rough list you know not kind of I, i've got to stand here look at that place from this angle with mm. the sun coming from that angle it wasn't that specific but a rough list of the, the photographs i wanted um and I had a really good time down there actually it's a beautiful place mm -hmm. have you ever been uh, no, not to this random village in the arse end of nowhere in the uh, forest of dean no amazingly no <laughs> <laughs> i've been to ross on wide does that count yeah. yes absolutely yeah they've got a great fun. sweet shop there <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it is beautiful you know, you've got the river running right the way through it the but the uh steep banks of the river on each side and down to uh Tintal Abbey and um, Tintern Abbey and um, yeah, it's a beautiful place. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed being down there, and so it was a joy to take the photos, you know. And uh, I came back, developed the films, 
had a look at what I got and then worked around that, the idea of what I'd had it previously and what I wanted to write, mm-hmm. including some of the ideas that, that John Berger tends to write about, like um, time and place um, and um, life and death. You know, <laughs> the so he likes to talk, write about all the the deep subjects, and it was uh, nice to try and have a go at writing about that sort of thing as well. Mm. That's because that's what I really wanted to. Well, that's one of the things I really wanted to ask you about because um, you, when you sent me this, and I kind of got the idea vaguely what it was about. This idea of oh, this this book has really inspired you, and you want to go to the same place. So my initial thought was, well, are you going there to try and? recreate or capture something of that but that's not what the case is at all i mean for people who haven't seen this book including myself i haven't and also i wasn't familiar with um uh john berger or um john moore before either um john berger he was an art critic wasn't he he was that was he, and a writer and um that's right right i mean he really came to the public's face in terms of um a tv series called um Ways of Seeing, um, which was a BBC TV series back in the late 60s, early 70s, um, about art critique, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and But he was also a regular writer in The Guardian uh, as an uh, art critic and uh, writer, as well as his, his own books as well. Yeah. And he, he regularly worked... Oh, he regularly collaborated with John Moore, didn't he? Who he, he was did several books with him, yeah. And John Moore was a Swiss photographer, a lot of humanitarian and documentary work. And from my brief reading before, I think he had just come from doing some documentary work, photographing health workers, a doctor, and they kind of looked at the result of that. And John Bursher, we can do better. And this book is. Um, it's quite, I haven't seen it already, but I've seen some of the pictures from it. And it's quite intimate. But it reminded me a lot from the pictures of the work that we talked about recently um, of small town inertia, um, John Mortram's work, Jim Mortram's work, um, because that kind of being there and it's very personal and the idea of the photographer disappearing into the background, that's what this work is. It's it's people, it's the um, doctor Sassel, I think, is the name that they use in the book. That's the name they use in the book, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's him doing his work, working on the patient. Um, and uh, it's a kind of a, a really quite intimate look into the work of a GP that you don't get. And I, I understand that not everybody whose pictures were in the book were quite aware of where those pictures were going to end up at the end of it. Um, but that... so. That's not your style of photography anyway, <laughs> going around chasing after doctors. So you, it sounds like you had a pretty clear idea of what you were looking for, both in terms of subject matter, but also in terms of what you wanted to write about when you went there. Did it change much when you actually got to the place? Well, in terms of the... In terms of the, the the photographic list of what I wanted to photograph, no, not really. But what they meant to me did change because I I wanted to go there and photograph about about the place and how the, the touch of people on the place had um hope that doesn't sound rude. Um how uh, how that that had, the the effect of people living there had had changed the place and, and what was it what what the effect of people being in the forest um had had on the on the area um but what I, I really struck me was this effect of time dislocation when I got there almost I, I did I couldn't predict that that would happen um I, I i parked my car got out of the car it was a you know a good old drive down from merseyside to forest dean got 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 there early morning got out of my car straight away there's this castle that's mentioned in the book 
um, look across the road, there's the doctor's surgery. Next to the doctor's surgery is the church. I walk in the church graveyard and walk straight to the grave of the, the wife of the doctor, all within about five, ten minutes. Mm, that's incredible, isn't it? It's, it was uh, spooky. The, the um, timelessness really comes through in the photos as well, the images that you've made. You know, uh, I, you know flicking through, you, they could be made any time you know, in the last almost 100 years, actually. There's, there, there's very few yeah. things, and certainly there's, there's, there's very little that couldn't have been contemporary to yeah the time if, that this if was I could all have moved set. the cars out of the way you would not have known i think that that's possible i think that I, I yeah i think there's only one that i saw i was like oh there's a car in that one i was like okay well fair enough um but but yeah but not that it takes away from from what you're trying to say at all but it's just you you have really that sense of timelessness that you've just described really does come through in the images you've chosen yeah, uh, it had, was the um, it was that an intentional part of the editing process for you? Um, no, well, it didn't have to be because the whole place is like that. Really, <laughs> you know, it's got lucky, huh? <laughs> <laughs> There's, it, it just is a timeless place. You, you didn't really have to edit out. Oh, that's too modern, because there's no need to. Yeah, I I, I did edit out the, you know, I. I look for the best shots, etc. You know, that they kind mm. of help tell the story the best. But in terms of um, editing out modernness, no, there's there's no need to do that. Um, so the you know that that it was really that um, idea of um, the, the the as you call it the timelessness that it struck mm. me, but also going in the forest as well actually when you left the town behind and got deep in the forest it was um that that also yeah obviously there's nothing in a forest to give you any clues what time you are but it, it just also felt old mm. the, the forests felt old yeah, and, and you wrote about that in some of the texts as well didn't you about the feeling you got from walking through the forest I think you read more of this than you were telling me about. <laughs> that might be like one of the two sentences I've read. Sorry, and now I'm flicking through. Now I'm flicking through it as well and go, yeah, that's just yeah. more than one image with a car. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so no, don't, don't believe me when I say I was very late to getting yeah, uh, access to this, and I have only had a quick flick. So. But that bit about the forest that did catch my eye because the words jumped off the page at me about the the way the forest made you feel. Yeah, because. Um, the first time I went for a wander in the forest, it was a, it was a grey afternoon. The light starting to disappear, and um, it did. And you know, in, in March there wasn't many people doing that sort of thing in the lonely place in, <laughs> in the forest of Dean. But it, it did feel. Um, you could feel the um, the difficulty people must have had in when they first tried to um populate the forest of dean how difficult it is must be to to make anywhere worth living in a place like that where you know the sun doesn't penetrate and um there's no space to um for um farming and things like that and it, it really gives you an idea of how tough it must have been to make life in the area even though it was perfect for all the animals and the trees and everything for humans it must have been very difficult um, all the so steep all the banks of the rivers as well it's really steep so difficult place to inhabit i would have thought in 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 the early days you said that a large part of the reason for your approach to this for the way you combined writing with your photographs is because you felt like the photographs on their own weren't strong enough to tell the story that you wanted to take that you wanted Indeed. to share and and i can really um uh relate to that um is writing you, you've got your blog you've been doing this for a while is writing something you've done a lot of before is it something you're fairly comfortable with doing um well if it's um 
filling out a uh, a reply to a tender uh, <laughs> yes i've been doing writing for a long time <laughs> um but you know see see in terms of um creative writing no it, it's it's something that you know in recent years mm -hmm. you know um, i'm retired now um and um it it's something that i've taken up since uh well a little bit before i retired but towards the end of my working life that's that's when i started doing more creative writing mm. and I'm just off my own bat really i for me the 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 that combination really works for me in this book. Um, I mean, the pictures, they're lovely pictures. Um, and they'd be lovely pictures without context, but that's all they would be. As you said, it would be incredible. You, you could not tell a story with them because they're nice pictures of a pretty English village. Mm. Um, and, and it's a problem that I find around here. There's lots of pretty English villages. And... I love that you've taken that step of going out and and incorporating the writing because it's one it seems like the best of both worlds in the sense that you might not feel like you I I certainly feel this way I couldn't write a book I do, I don't have that ability and I can't take pictures that are good enough to tell a story that way but combining the two and the way that you've done it for this book in particular where you've gone to a place and whilst you went with ideas that you were already thinking about, that place clearly spoke to you. And as photographers, you're looking at things and you're thinking about things all the time. And so to then express the thoughts that you're having whilst you're taking these pictures, it just seems like a perfect combination. Um, and it's it additive to both in exactly the same way that you were saying about the original a fortunate man book is it the two complement each other um i think it works really really well um and the the things that you're writing about ring so true to me about my own experiences of walking around <laughs> quiet little village graveyards very much feeling my own mortality and like time reaching back from <laughs> far far away yeah I mean, we always say that, you know, as photographers, we always we train our eye to look for photographs and things. Um, but I think there's an also a, a case to be said for to not train, but but to to listen to yourself and to listen to the place as well as looking mm. is um, to fit to get a feel for the place, um, and then. I think that really helps in where in 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 the right in if you're going to combine it with writing for sure but also i think it helps with where you're going to point the camera as well mm. yeah um, for sure because yeah i mean as you said i i totally agree that the photos on their own wouldn't tell the story but um it, nevertheless they then by by taking the right photographs they they at least do complement the story mm. yeah and, and very much so they work very well together mm. now how was i mean the selection process you said you shot five rolls of film um yeah. which is quite a few frames but there are also quite a lot of pictures in here how did how was the pairing process did you go through and go okay which images do i like the most these are the ones i want to include okay now fit the words around it or did the writing come first and then it's like okay what can I time with this and when? How did you approach that? Well, I I developed the roles first. Always a good start. Had, yeah, and um, I developed and scanned them. So I had them all on my computer. Um, and then I started writing. Um, but I, I didn't actually select the photos at, before I started writing. I just... It was a case of seeing them as a whole to know that I had the story. You know, I knew that somewhere amongst that lot, the story was there. Uh, I knew I had enough. Um, and then I could start writing. He, I'd had a kind of a rough idea of what I wanted to write beforehand. Um, I'd, I'd had a kind of a small plan. But so the, the 
the the um the, the kind of the flow of things was such that i i had a small plan i wrote i then wrote a um, a list of photos that i wanted i traveled there took the photos divided them had a look at the whole and then started writing and then after that I, it was a case of picking the ones that would f fit it in in the in the in the story the best yeah it's it as it has worked incredibly well there it's um it's, you've managed to convey in your book the, the whole book has a quiet feel to it I suppose you, you've really captured the spirit of St. Briavel. Briavel? Briavel? St. Briavels, I think. Briavels, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you, you've managed to capture that feel within the book. It, it is a, a contemplative book. The pictures encourage reflection themselves and the words that you've paired with them. Um, did you find yourself, when you were going through the pictures, thinking, oh, God, there are things here missing were there ever any gaps did you ever think about going back to get stuff to tie up or was it work with what you got yeah for sure there's very few people about as you can tell in the photos i wasn't shy of taking photos of people <laughs> there just weren't very many people about um in the middle of the week on um, in march i guess most people are out of work and um what have you um and it's not like the, the, I mean, the, the only real industry around there is farming. So, um, so the, and obviously people can travel to, to nearby bigger towns, I suppose, for, for work as well. But, um, so there wasn't many people about, it really wasn't. Um, so the, that, that quietness you can feel in the photos was real. That's what it was like. Um, so I have thought about going back when in the summer perhaps because there is some tourism in the area it's not like the cotswolds um it's not um as commercial as that he heaving with international visitors on big bus tours yeah yes exactly <laughs> quite um, well i'm sure it would be a lot busier in the summer but it, it would be nice to speak to some people um uh, and maybe and you could take some copies of your book and you could put them in the local village shop or something like that people might yeah, like that yeah yeah I, 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 that would be I was, I was thinking about sending some to the vicar of the church hmm? uh, i haven't got around to doing that yet but i was i was thinking of doing that because um you know the the doctor's wife's grave is in is in their graveyard and i thought it might be of interest to them um but yeah it would be nice to get some perhaps some portraits and some of, of people talk to them and take their portraits things like that thought that would be a a, a nice addition or maybe a, a second edition i think that could be a really powerful thing because there's i think there's, there's one bit where you say yeah the, the doctor was clearly sort of the heart uh, of the village or had a role at the at the heart of the village and and i live in a sort of a village area it's not particularly self-contained because it's quite near a town but we do have a little village doctor surgery and you know and, and you will occasionally see the doctor walk into the pub garden right and and you're like oh there's the oh. doctor and, and it's a sort of at first it's a sort of out of context thing and you're like oh that's okay that's the doctor and it's like oh it's the doctor what he, what's he, he, i hope he doesn't sit down and talk about what he did at work today right <laughs> <laughs> but then but this course is this is what life in small communities is like isn't it you know the the doctor is part of the community knows everybody you know traditionally would have been you know present at the birth of many of the villagers themselves you know um, exactly and and you know uh and i have to say that there's, there's also you know a a psychological connection for me those of us that grew up in the uk in during a certain period would, would have fond memories of watching a tv program uh called um actually what was it called it was based on the Jer james Herriot books all creatures great and small <laughs> uh, which was which was actually about a rural uh vet rather than a rural doctor um, and, and you know fiction of course that'll rather, do <laughs> yeah, based in real life but it's but it's you know it it it, it it brings back memories for me of that you know i mean it's, it's a different topic of course and inspired in a different way but you know it would be great to it would be great to see a second edition with some of the the people in and maybe maybe you could use this as the as the calling card you know to you know, and 
I can just see you, you know, in the village hall, you know, doing a presentation of it and all the villagers you know, queuing up to get signed copies and, you know, <laughs> you know sign, signing model releases to pose for, you know, for, yeah. for, pose for season two. <laughs> <laughs> I know there has been kind of talks about Berger and things in the village before, you know. Uh, ah, so, you, ah, cool. you can, if you Google that sort of thing, you can... Um, search down that sort of thing that has happened before but not 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 with a not with a a, a a book though to go with it i mean i say i keep saying book i don't know what to call it because it's 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 bigger than a zine i think and uh it's a book call it a book <laughs> it's 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 what 70 odd pages yeah 70 pages yeah so um that's definitely more than a zine. That, that's a that's a body of work in its own right, isn't it? So, yeah. Well, one of um, there's a, a book by um, Andre Curtis called "On Reading." I don't know if you've seen that book, but it's it's basically a book taken of candid photos of people reading in unusual places. So <laughs> he's walked around taking photos, catching people off guard when they're reading and. In different on the rooftops um in hospital beds uh, up up also. north just places we don't expect to see people reading yeah exactly. <laughs> i didn't mean that i just want to put that right out there yeah and um the anyway but his book is 69 pages and he calls that a book so mm. I'm, I'm happy to call it a book mm. uh, De definitely a book definitely a book and and in the same way you know um uh, as the book i've just looked up the kurtage book um uh yeah that has a concept right you know and your book has a concept and uh you know the the book of annals that i have on my shelf with the, the one with all the mattresses in it oh, uh yeah that has a concept and stuff so so i th i really like the you know i think it's good it's great to draw inspiration from these things it's um you know different people have different ideas of what photography is about um you know i saw somebody on twitter i think it was yesterday saying it's all about it's all about light and shapes and, and for, for a lot of people it can be you know but for me it's about saying having something to say and telling a story and mm. and 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 that, that that's my idea of but it, it's personal it's not I realise that people have different ideas about what photography means to them. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. So, so actually, go on, on that sort of on that theme. I mean, you you do say in the book, I think that you know, you, you've deliberately chosen for the photography part of the book to use um, period cameras, uh, a film. Uh, you you said you used Triex uh, that was you know, that came out uh, shortly before the period of the book, so it would have been yeah you know, a contemporary film uh, mm -hmm. at the time. Um, you know, what, what other sort of you know, creative principles did you did you build into uh, you know, the, how you made the images, how you chose to make the images, the craft element of it, if you like? Well, I, I guess on, on on the kind of technical side, it was also the developer the choice of. HC 110, um, another contemporary um, uh, chemical to use because that came out around about 1960. Ansel Adams used to use it and things like that. So, in terms of that, that was uh, one point. Um, and, but really, the the fact that I was stood there in you know when I, that day that I arrived in in in, in St. Breville's with um, those cameras from the period in my bag and with the, a copy of the book in my bag as well and standing in front of um, Betty's gravestone. That, that, I think it really added to that mm -hmm. feeling of, of um, y you know, I don't think time travel, but in terms of you know feeling out of place in time, like yeah, you know, as I mentioned in the book, also about like I was eight years old when when that book was being put together, and I was a very different person then. I was a little boy, 
living in um, Liverpool, going to school, and um, I, you know, I couldn't have imagined that at, at that time and to where I was. And yet, there was a di- there's a direct dotted line from one place to the other. Yeah, and and then being able to think about. And I, and I can remember all sorts of things happening on in between, and and you can. I don't want to get too philosophical here, but you can <laughs> you can jump around in time in your mind, can't you? You know. Yeah. Now I I see this. I know it's a tricky question to answer, and I'm sorry to. Yeah, I didn't mean to put you on the spot in any way, but I'm always fascinated by you know some of these creative thought processes that you know we're very lucky in 2016. We talk to some fascinating people, and we see some yeah, we see some great works, and we hear some amazing ideas. And then you get um, Steve uh, Star on. Yeah. Steve Star. <laughs> <laughs> that really wasn't where I was going with that. I, <laughs> I was included. I was including you in that, right? So, so um, no, I, I, I really, to be honest, I, I really can't imagine myself uh, on the same page as the, the people you get. To, but the, but the thing is, the thing is, to to, to me that this is but understanding the, the the thought process and the creative process and the inspiration for you that is is something yeah that that is something that is amazing right that is amazing um it's something that the the inspiration and the motivation for these things uh i i is something i really struggle with right i'm you know uh i i i, I do struggle to to bring these concepts together and and to to follow through on them it's uh, it's it's something so so uh, that that is one of the things that I find fascinating with this piece of work that you've done because it you know it just the whole sort of psychological process and the creative process and the concept behind it and the craft um, you you've pulled together let this not yeah it's not beat around a bush here you've you've put you've you've produced a seventy page book that's an awesome thing to have done yeah, I I I am when it allowed, arrived from Mixam. And I saw it. I was very proud of it. I've got to say, you know, when I looked, so you should be out of the book and look at it. <laughs> thought, oh wow, this is great. <laughs> um, but you know what? Uh, this is my my second book. Um, the first one I did in collaboration with a mate of mine, Dave Walster, um, who's you'll find on Twitter a lot as well. Um, and that was a book uh, put together just on the concept of landscapes like what what did a so we we both took uh roles of roles of the same film with the same um focal length cameras and went out and took photos about what landscapes meant to us and we put them together in a book and we put a text you know to to go uh, to go with it um but what i found is that when i I chose to do my photography in Salford. And when I got there, I found a narrative started to unfold in front of me. A bit like in the in the uh, Fortunate Man's Place, when I got there, the idea of the time dislocation, that unfolded in front of me when I got there. And I think there's a, a, an, a, an element of to hell with it you know i've got a basic idea i know what pretty much what i want to do go there and then do it and see what else comes out of the woods in this case literally but um yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like that there's a kind of a there's a kind of a jfdi attitude there isn't there you know yeah it's, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah yeah and 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 i think this, this the other thing as well is that um i i think yeah correct me if i'm wrong on this but it feels like you didn't overthink it and, and that's something which is something that i sometimes suffer from which is like yeah i haven't got started because i haven't thought it through yet i haven't planned it yet yeah that yeah. sort of thing yeah 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 i have found that, that if you want to get i i, I found I, I first started to learn about that with writing my blog is that um there is you just as you say <laughs> just go and do it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um and then and then you can find what you get out of it and um it, it, you're right if you do try and overthink it and plan it down to the last uh, millimeter you, you're never going to get going i don't think mm-hmm. 
Wise well, words, mate. Wise words. I like mm. that. Whenever you're putting something out there for public consumption, um, it, it's always a, you're, you're exposing yourself you're, or you're making yourself vulnerable because you're going, look, here's a thing that I have made that I think was good enough to print out and share with you. And then you're, you're letting people look at that and you're opening yourself up to the fact that somebody might I mean, our community is incredibly supportive. There are not many jerks around, but still, you are putting yourself out there. Was there one element of it over the other that you were more um, nervous about? Because there is there is quite a lot of writing, and as well as the photography, and it's thoughtful and philosophical writing that you've put in there. Which aspect of it were you most like? Oh, I hope people don't read this or see this and think mm, what he waffling on about i think you're right about the community they are very supportive um really supportive um and i've only had really really positive things from the community the people who bought the book and um, had it and read it i've had some fantastic things said about it um i'm really grateful to the people i mean i can't believe people take the book and, and actually bother to look at every photo and and read that many words and yet they they do and um so um grateful to everybody who's done that um but the one thing that i did worry about is not really from the community as such but actually um maybe people who who know john berger mm-hmm. or are from or are from saint Briables. I worry because this is a long time ago and you're trying to get things which are absolute facts. And when when you've got people who can't even remember if they went to a party and had a sandwich or not, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to work out what exactly happened in 1966, you know. Um, so I, I do worry about the, the, the actual facts. Have I got? those right and is somebody going to come out of the woodwork and go actually do you know what you said there that was all completely wrong <laughs> you know that that's the sort of thing that um that i do worry about and i know a copy of the book has gone to one of john berger's mates so oh cool <laughs> that's awesome i'm just waiting for the email <laughs> now that's see that that's a that's a that's another amazing thing right because it's uh, one of the things that uh, I mean, Graham's heard me say this before, but one of the things that I've been thinking of this year, particularly coming out of two years of COVID, essentially, is is a phrase that, uh, and I can't remember uh, where I first heard it, but it's it's roughly the, the the exact words don't even matter. It's roughly um, expand the surface area, right? And and what what it means is you know is that. Uh, you know, do do step out, do do try and do things, make connections, ex- expand the surface area of your your endeavor or of your connections, or of expand the surface area of your luck, you know, and th- things like that. And I think, you know, so so you, you've got a connection there, you know, the the uh, otherwise, I'm guessing you probably wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because it, as it happened, the you remember I, I mentioned I went on a course. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Mark Crees, who, who uh, ran the course, um, he's um, he, he's mentioned in the front of the book as a, as a thank you. Um, he he's very inspiring, and he 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 actually used to um, write letters and uh, converse with John Berger back in the day. Um, but he also John Berger, by the way, has since passed. Um, but he, he knew of um, one of John Berger's friends um, and he's sent, that's how a copy has, um, has mm. gone off to him. Yeah, oh, that's great. I, it's, that, I, that resonates with me so much because it is basically the reason I love doing podcasts is the people we get to meet um, and the friends I've made over the years of doing podcasts are just, just awesome. Uh, I, lo- I love that whole mm. being able to connect with other people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I find that with the, the Mersey meetup, the the photo walk. It's one of the it's what I really get out of of running that photo walk is um, the different people you get to meet and uh, the connections you make, real life as well. It's not kind of just on 
Yeah, um, just on, on video that. calls, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, but uh, uh, video calls are a bit closer, I think, but, you know, it's not just a um, a, 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 a comment on Twitter or something like yes. that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What what advice would you give to people on the writing side of it? Because uh, a lot of people are very unconfident when it comes to writing. I, I always remember how John was super unconfident about his writing ability, despite the fact that he clearly had writing ability in spades, which whenever as he started to share more and more of it through his zines, it really shone through. Um, but a lot of people suffer with this lack of confidence and this fear of putting their thoughts down on paper lest they be judged, whereas a photograph is much more ambiguous. What advice can you give to people that maybe just help them get started on that? Because I, I, you know, I think it's a great way of enhancing the photog photographic work. Yeah, I, I really agree as well. As you know, from what I've said before, it it ties in with my own thoughts. But you know, I'm I'm a fledgling writer. Um, for me to give advice seems a bit. You know, um, but I, I can help though in terms of getting started because I've got started, so perhaps I can share what I've done mm -hmm. to get started. So, um, f first of all, is you know, my, my, my education it was all science all my life, it's all science, and then. Work-wise, I moved away from um, working in a laboratory to um, the commercial side of um, the laboratory work, and so I've had no grounding in in uh, literacy, in um, the arts, or anything. So, what well, I was first of all I'd say is, if you haven't had that, it doesn't matter. You know, you don't need to have had that in in, in your back pocket. It doesn't matter. Um, I'd also say um, write from the heart. Like, don't write what you think people will like to hear. Write what you feel. Mm. Um, and I'd also, but at, at the same time as that, try and imagine that it's got to at least be something that other people would be interested in. You know, it, it because if you if if you just write about um, I I this I I I I, <laughs> you've got a, it's a book about sailing. I assume <laughs> pirates. <laughs> yeah. I did this. I had coffee. I had <laughs> I had a biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I took my camera out. <laughs> uh, people are not going to be particularly interested. It's mm. going to be. It does have to be something interesting but from the heart yeah you know something you you really feel about and um and then people are interested if it's if it's a, something about the human condition people will, will be interested right at the front of the book you give thanks to um is it michelle patel um well yeah um she, for for editing it for you yeah she um Michelle is an old friend from 40 years ago. <laughs> um, we, we've been friends and um, she she um, helped. She became a teacher. So I said, right, Michelle, <laughs> um, could you please help me um, with my grammar? And I, I sent it off to Michelle to proofread mm -hmm. and she helped me with uh, the grammar side of it. Yeah. And that's a great idea. But, and also it's like, it should be the default. We, it's been talked about so many times on here, the idea of putting your photographs and or and the way you structure a photo book in front of other people to get their feedback. But even more so with writing, get other people to read it through and help edit it. Every every book you've ever read has been edited to oblivion because um, they need to be. I was talking to my son about this. Um, you, the, the first thing you write is never going to be the thing at its best. It just isn't. That's not the way stuff works. Yeah. But that other thing that you said about writing from the heart, if you do that, people will always be engaged with it. And 
you can't be wrong about that stuff. I, I recently had the unusual pleasure, which I've not got to do since my kids were at primary school. I got to do a parents' evening for my oldest um, because even though they're down in Devon, it's done over Zoom now, so I could take part in that. It was a slightly terrifying experience because basically it's like speed dating teachers, which is <laughs> just a terrifying concept. It's full exactly stop. It. No, but it is, it's, it's, uh, happily, I'm too old to have been speed dating. <laughs> But uh, it wasn't a thing when I was a, of, of age. Um, but yeah, that I totally get the whole analogy. Like that, you sit there on the screen and teachers just pop in for two minutes, pop in for two minutes. Oh dear, it takes yeah. hours as well. It's bizarre. Mm. But one of the things I think it was his English teacher um, said about oh, you know, he getting him to express his feelings about whatever book it was they were reading is kind of make him feel confident and saying you can't be wrong with this stuff when the question is what do you think this means then you can't be wrong as long as you can give a reason for why you feel the way that you do you can't be wrong so expressing thoughts and feelings and your philosophy on stuff you you can't be wrong with this stuff and by putting it out there then what you'll probably find is that other people will read it and go oh yeah i really understand where you're coming from or, i really get that or it'll make people think about something in the way they've never thought about it before. And either of those things is a useful and valuable thing. Um, yeah, it's great. It's one of those, I, I think there are some, I'm not going to use the word harmful, but there are some photographic, um, not truisms, I can't, there's some photographic aphorisms that are sometimes not helpful. And one of them is, there's this idea that any photograph worth its salt tells the story without words now that's great i mean it's great if you can yeah. take a picture that does that this single image that captures it wonderful if, if you're in vietnam or something you know during a war or whatever they can do that but yeah in the middle of middle england yeah how do you do that and, and not only that where there aren't any stories yeah yeah and not only that like maybe maybe if you are an incredibly talented gifted person you can do that but we aren't all and using words in conjunction with images is isn't a cop-out it isn't rendering either of them less it's rendering both of those things more and i think more people should do it um as again I mentioned it earlier I know that they weren't his words, they were the words of the people that he was shooting, but in Small Town Inertia, the writing in that book, along with those stories, it's, it amplifies, it, like, it, it makes the power of that book so much more, so much more powerful. It, you know, it, it's good things can come from it, whereas a lot of just straight photo books where there isn't any writing, it, they can leave you cold unless they're really quite, spectacular in terms of their content I and mean, you mentioned before aid about um Annal's book on mattresses and again that is a book that is pictures and the writing of people who yes. are all you know expressing various feelings on mortality and so forth um i think it's great you know personally speaking the two uh really do bring out the best from each other and i think more people should be as prepared to have a go at writing as they are at taking pictures because if you've got the kind of creative mind that's being drawn to images and things in the world that are capturing you enough to make you want to capture them there's probably reasons for that and explore that it's um yeah you i'd know, love to see more of it of course not everybody looks at photography as a way of storytelling mm. as i was saying before you know the different horses for courses different people get different things out of photography beauty um and stylism and things like that but but you for for, for telling a story it just makes sense to use words as well mm. i think even if you're not telling a story though even if like that even if you're not looking kind of as a documentary kind of thing if a good picture is going to make you think about something it doesn't matter whether it's abstract art or whatever um I assume if you're creating abstract art, there's a reason behind it. There's a reason you're doing it the way you're doing it. So explore the philosophy. Explore what's going in in your mind. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, being sparked by the pictures rather than relating directly to them. If you've got something to say, then say it. Share yeah. it with people. And it doesn't have to be in the format of a book either because 
play um, they're good a song yes but the, i mean if you look on twitter i don't know if you follow him there's a guy called ian hill of course yeah yeah you know ian yeah mm-hmm. okay so he's been doing th- something the last couple of weeks whereby he's done a, a series of photographs one a day with a few lines to uh, about the story with each with each uh photograph so um he, i mean by the way he makes fantastic books as well mm. don't get me wrong but um, i'll just just as a an example that um it doesn't have to be a book um mm. by doing a, a series of photographs and a little bit of the story every day it tells a great story and it's a great way a, a real novel way of putting it out there yeah that's awesome I think yeah, definitely. We should all get. We should find finding our own expression of that and and being being bold and going out and doing it. I think is definitely uh, there's a call. There's a call to action from this conversation, isn't there? Yeah, we should step forward. Have you yes. have you done much creative writing aid? Uh, only client reports. Um, so uh, I I struggle for you actually. In, in recent years, I've done slightly less, but but a large part of my career involved professional writing of, mm. uh, of reports and business plans and and things like that. You know, cor- corporate world stuff. And so, um, yeah, a, a writing was one of the things I tried to escape from when I wasn't working. It is it is very much less the case actually these days. Um, uh for, for me it, you're writing those long form things so I, I possibly have a little bit of mental brain power i could put towards some creative writing although it's not i have to say it's not something that i'm very passionate about and i think you know building on what you know, steve says you know you know, do, do do what yeah, do what comes from the heart right and right yeah you know, in your case in this case writing um but i i I, I do like I say I struggle with the concepts I struggle with I, I struggle with the actually the so what of it in as well as it's like because yeah I might have something that I think but why would anybody else care right and and I and I, it's not that that's <laughs> familiar we've been doing this podcast for quite a long time now <laughs> we've never managed to ask that question well you'll, you'll be you'll be acutely aware of course that I've never ever expressed a personal opinion on this podcast it's all, <laughs> it's all about other it's all about other people uh-huh. <laughs> um but it's yeah so i think and and actually do you know what maybe maybe right maybe let's, let's pull on that little thread a little minute maybe maybe the podcasting thing is a way that i choose to express myself right um you know, yeah they're, they're certainly words they're not written down at least i hope they're not i wouldn't want to be held to account for anything as i've said on the internet for the last six or seven years i've got a um, script the, <laughs> script <laughs> Have you ever heard me try to get out of one of these podcasts? <laughs> there is no script. <laughs> but it, but it, yeah, this this for me is a creative outlet. It's it's a thing that's out there that we put out in the world, you know, week in week out a lot of the time. Um, and, and you know, sometimes that's something I have a huge amount of energy for. Other times it takes its toll a bit, you know, which is what led me to take a bit of a break from it a while back. Um. But yeah, it's a, it's a creative endeavour, um, and I enjoy it. And yeah, it has a creative bit to it, it has a bit of a technical bit to it as well. I think I don't know. Right. Yeah, writing's writing. Hmm. I I have to say, I can think of other things that I prefer to be doing. Fair enough. No, I think you're right about the podcast being creative, though. It's it's very creative, um, and you know when you think about the subject matters of what what you talk about. It's it's right in there, you know. It's oh, it's it's mind blowing. It it is. It's and it's mind. The good thing is it's mind expanding, right? In the sense that you know the conversations that we get to have, the people we meet, the ideas we kick around. Even today is a great example of that. Some of the ideas that we've been you know talking about kicking around between us in the last hour or so. Yeah, that that's fantastic. So I I so enjoy it. It's an amazing thing to be able to do yeah couldn't agree more um uh but i still want people to make zines with more writing in in the future please um <laughs> yeah, or an audio too. tape i don't care like include include a cassette <laughs> with um words you've spoken going on that'd be fine too what's what's next for you steve 
Um, I've got another book planned, um, waiting to start shooting on that one. Um, still a little bit unclear on the the content word wise i've got some rough ideas about it i, I don't really want to go too uh, all out and tell everyone what i'm gonna do no that's all right yeah we no, won't that's... tell anyone keep your pad, keep your pad dry yeah you won't andy church you a, a bit of a surprise when i release it but um it's likely to be a little bit bigger again than this book i think um we'll we'll, we'll see i might you even been thinking about a hard back with it we'll see nice, <laughs> nice. Um, it might be a bit expensive we'll see uh, because that's the great thing about mixam you can produce a book so cheaply it's in can't believe how how cheap it is to to make a book um mm. how I, did... I know they they sometimes suffer with um, quality issues and things like that yeah. but but like as you say you can have a bit of backwards and forwards with them and they put it right they're, they're i think they're they're a good company mm. your your photographs in this look really really lovely were you using a filter i don't realize this is a really random aside but it's a thing that's in my brain so stuff everybody yeah. were you using a filter when you were shooting these yeah tiffin number five uh yellow 12 yellow 12 because they they just—they're lovely photos, and this book has really done them as much justice as they can, short of being properly printed and bigger, which would uh, obviously that's be a, better. A lovely lens for that, by the way, for your new Nikon's, um, the twenty-eight two point eight. Okay, I haven't got one of those. I uh, need to get one. I totally recommend that one. Not that expensive either. The it's not like the the two two point zero is rare and expensive, but the, the twenty-eight two point eight. It's relatively cheap and it's a cracking lens i'll put it on the list i'll put it on the list um but yeah they look really lovely and how did you find because you know people often ask about what's a good place to go to to um make their first scene how did you find the experience of using mixam and getting it set up the way you wanted um the first time was an absolute nightmare <laughs> perfect <laughs> it was a talk about a steep learning curve and all these things they kept saying to me about well it needs to be um rgb such and such and such a version and um you, you know and i didn't i've never even heard of that and um but eventually you get there and once you got over the hill and you've done the first one the, the, to be honest with you the second one was a breeze it was um so easy to do um because oh, just you just go online, up, upload your your pages, preferably as a PDF, and um, biff baff boff. And yeah, it comes back. To, yeah, it's fantastic. Biff yeah. baff boff. Words to end the podcast. On, I think it's safe to say. <laughs> well, okay. So, so well, let, let's let, let's try to do that then. So, I mean, brilliant. Thank you, thank you, Steve, for coming to talk to us. It's great to talk to you, and it's been too long. Um, so hopefully we'll get to see you again soon. Um, just uh, where, where should people go to, to read your blog and to, to see your photos? On um, well, I'll say it if people will get, be able to, I won't spell it. Um, my blog is photyplace.wordpress.com. Okay, well, we'll definitely put links in the show notes, so don't worry oh, about okay. having to spell all right. things out. And, so, uh, so and of course, on Twitter, um, stick of the dump. So, uh, yeah. Mm. absolutely but in real absolutely. life steve star <laughs> if you ever see steve when you're on the streets please yell at him like that he loves it <laughs> oh th thanks so much guys i really appreciate that you letting me come on here and blather on i'd come <laughs> oh it's a pleasure absolute pleasure I really uh i really do appreciate it no thanks. that's great as i said it is it is my favorite thing is to see people who have had an idea and executed on it and can share their their path through it because we're all looking for inspiration and ideas and you know maybe somebody's listened to this tonight and gone oh that's the key that's that's the way forward on this thing that's been styling me for forever and they'll now go and produce something amazing and um like that's the best thing we can possibly hope for i i just love hearing people's creative journeys with stuff it's fantastic and your book is lovely and can people still get copies of it Yes, I've still got some left, and um, 
um there may be a second edition we'll see as well so yeah i don't think availability will be an issue and, and to go to your to go to your website that you just gave us is, is oh, that just, just to contact me on twitter yeah or, okay yeah okay yeah, all right Good stuff. Well, there we go. Excellent. So, uh, quick. So that well, there we go. We have been the Sunny Sixteen podcast. Graham, when is this show going out? Is it going out before we meet everybody at the weekend, or is it going out next week? Yeah, <laughs> one of those two things. <laughs> so, so we will either see you all on Saturday. <laughs> Bearing in mind it's Thursday evening, it's probably slightly unlikely. <laughs> it's my birthday tomorrow. I'm gonna be quite drunk oh, it's tomorrow. Your birthday to a happy birthday. For Thank tomorrow, you very mate. much. Yeah, I just like um, slip it in quietly. So yeah. Just so everybody can steal your identity. How old will you be tomorrow? Twenty-three. Wow. <laughs> I know. I look pretty great for wow, it. Don't gardening I? is tough. <laughs> <laughs> you my know what the day after. Really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Um, and let's just say, um, let's just sign out by saying it was great to see you all last Saturday at the Analog Spotlight in, in Worcester. And or it will, we really look forward to seeing you on Saturday. And just to reiterate, if anybody is still lost in Worcester, having followed us out, we're really <laughs> sorry. It's not our fault. <laughs> we we don't know Worcester at all. And we're apparently leading a photo walk. I'm sure. Wait for the source factory. Yeah, exactly. It'll be fine, right? It'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, so, yeah, brilliant. Um, we'll play you out now with Rachel's band Rocker. You can get their album, Promises I Should Have Kept at all good places on the internet. Um, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we may well see some of you on Saturday. Look forward to that. And those for the rest of you that can't make it, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye bye.